Sports off. Sports off. Broad Street. Party time. And we're out of order. Party on, dudes. What's going on? Welcome back to Sports Off Broad Street. I guess we forgot to mention that we weren't going to be on last week because it's Valentine's Day. I know it's a miracle that like other human beings would want to interact with us on Valentine's Day, but it's true. It was really weird for us too. <laughs> and them. We made it awkward. The big Zoe, you have kids. Did you make it awkward on Valentine's Day? No. No. Uh the kids have the Valentine's thing at school and so they brought home candy and all sorts of shit. And uh I think the the most awkward thing was we ate a lot of their candy. We took their candy from them, but you know. And then we went to Fuddruckers and had a Valentine's Day dinner at Fuddruckers with the kids. Nothing like a good rud fuckers. All right. The Ryan Benner party on. How awkward are you on Valentine's Day? As the day after we agreed to not work, do an episode on Valentine's Day, I got broken up with, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> you shouldn't laugh, but God damn it. Man, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was it was the weirdest yeah i was like okay like i just canceled something for this but sure oh my god you didn't cry did you no i laughed my ass off and went and got a beer good the way any any respectable man would do after a breakup at least she did it before valentine's day though so you could have returned the gift or whatever or just canceled the flower order or never yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. Or yeah, if you yeah. didn't even buy anything and were waiting till day of, then you had less to do on Valentine's Day, I guess. Exactly. Not only that, but you you got to not have to spend hundred bucks on a dinner that you'd be broken up with the next day. So exactly, we're good. <laughs> Thanks for the rib. Uh, <laughs> I'm Audi five thousand. That's great. Thanks for the rib. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I don't know. I yeah, it's been so. I mean, like Lindsay and I went and got uh chicken wings was Hell not yeah. my idea either i that's want thing, yes that's, that's a solid woman right there bro mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Valentine's... take me for wings hell yeah that's what i'm saying i mean shoot my wife wanted fuddruckers hell yeah mm-hmm. take what, that that's what we're saying all right great so let's get into some opening facts for the week uh which one of you wants to go first i'll go first i got a fact for you guys the big zo going first in the 1960s the cia spent 25 million dollars on spy cats literally cats to try to gather intel on the kremlin and soviet embassies so 25 million dollars in 1960s the equivalent to a little over 250 million dollars today on spy cats that's your government funds used correctly hell yeah except cats fucking suck you know what? Actually, that's very timely. There's been a cat cafe that's been in development since I moved up to New England. So like almost two years now and well before that. And they finally opened this week. I never thought I would see it happen. So. All right. The Ryan Ben. Yeah, we got a cat cafe now. So you can like take your cat in there or do they like sell Mm-mm. cat piss as the drink? Uh, unknown yes. on the ladder. Yeah, but maybe i mean maybe they are allergic to money as many people find out they're allergic to cat piss i guess <laughs> you never know <laughs> uh, but, but no it's like you have to put in a reservation and you have to go in 
hang out and then it's like a 50 minute time slot and you can order food and stuff and then you know you just go in and play with cats interesting that's a walking allergy attack for like majority of the country i know right that's like the one animal i'm not allergic to and i have a dog but that's okay all right great (laughs) fact though great fact we're off to a rousing start here all right the ryan benner what is your fact for the week uh, staying on the album of the week of choice boys and the beauty the beautiful thing about music is there's so many different genres and varieties to choose from last few episodes i gave you some hard rock choices this week i'm giving you um some hip-hop choice uh from the late great mac miller it was his second studio album watching movies with the sounds off he completely flipped his type of style instead of just like your college fraternity type style raps went into some very very psychedelic type style with his hip-hop and his writing and his lyrics um talk dove into a lot of topics of mortality love drug use birds like he actually said a lot of this topic was the viewpoint of birds so take that as you will this is definitely a uh, type of style uh, type of album that if you want to lay in the beanbag with some headphones and you know choose to do whatever you want to this is the music to put on for it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Choose to do whatever you want to use a good, good way of putting it for an album about government spy drones because birds aren't real. Like, of course, that is fake. Of course, it's fake. But pigeons are liars. Obviously. But like one of the things about this album when you bought the deluxe version is he put a secret message behind like the front album cover where you had to cut it open carefully with a knife and fold it up. And like, it was just like, he was like, he even made it like, I'm like high as fuck while writing this message. But like the theme of this album is birds. So I hope you enjoy it. (laughs) God, there were so many, like with cassettes and eight tracks, I would assume and CDs. There were so many of those like little things that you miss today with digital downloads. Big time. That's why I always appreciate the CD, man. I mean, it's not like if you ripped your computer apart, all of a sudden you would find like the bonus track or anything. It's unfortunate. (laughs) Don't try and do that. Don't look for the bonus track in your computers and birds are absolutely real. Off to a start. And any children, if that bonus track, it's on (laughs) LimeWire. The pop-ups are your friends. (laughs) Yeah, click click on all the pop-ups. Uh, that that's oh, where you'll find them at. Enjoy oh. your enjoy your hard drive, Dad. <laughs> oh hey, man! Stokesy, when, when, when you said the bonus, I, I kept hearing the bonus. The bonus. No, hopefully Dabo Swinney is not in an album cover. Um, that would be the worst album ever. That's like Lionel Richie's one time that he tried to do a country and slash metal uh, uh, mixing, if you will, is what I would equate finding Debonius in an album to be. Gabo Sweeney's favorite album is Faith Plus One from South Park. He really loves Jesus, boys. <laughs> like, he is in love with Jesus. Fuck you, Gabo. <laughs> He probably likes Cartman's rendition of Poker Face, too. <laughs> God, I wanted to play that one time as a joke, that version of the song. And like this very, very drunk uh, college colleague, if you will, was like, I love you, Mac. You have the best taste in music. And then you just hear in the background, 
you know it's like come on man what the hell <laughs> you like this it's like, this sounds a little bit different but your version's fun too sounds a little bit different that's hilarious that's that's too much that's funny as shit a little bit off all right my fun fact because i normally give you one-liners but we're gonna add something else to mine uh a shrimp's heart is in its head so that would have worked really well for valentine's day oh shrimp cocktails yeah you're eating the brains of shrimp but because i normally give you one one liner facts i'm also introducing a a segment for the nascar season called mike's monstars all right and so this is somewhat based on uh, obviously Space Jam because it was fundamental in my growth um, and now fundamental for the list of things that LeBron has ruined. So for Mike's Monstars, uh, the premise is pretty simple. It's a NASCAR driver who is obviously way more talented than a lot of the field, but for whatever reason got derailed for some bullshit reasons, just like in Space Jam. You can't tell me that Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird, Mogsy Bogues, and others could not beat Jordan in four scabs. I'm sorry you can't tell me that. Anyways, they would have beaten the shit out of LeBron. So um, normally this is someone who, at least in the NASCAR circuit, has ground out something the race before and got knocked out for some dumb reason. Um, and just coming back from Daytona, saw this one for myself. There, there was kind of, um, and this isn't necessarily a driver that I will always like, I'm going to predict. Um, but I'll tell you the runners up for this week. Uh, the first runner up is uh, my boy Frankie Munez. All right. Dude got knocked the hell out. It looked like from um, the Arca race. But he was able to come back, had a solid top 10 finish. It was awesome. He came in, like, jumped a lot of spots on the last lap. It was fantastic. Had a great opening show uh, for the 37-year-old rookie. So he's one of them. Um, Unfortunately, Kyle Busch is another one of them for me. Um, Uh... I I said I wasn't always going to like him, okay? Um, As we've talked about before, he needs to be in prison in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, Federales, I'm going to fall. Whenever I see him at a track, I'll tag you on social media and be like, Hey, found him. So finders. <laughs> <speed." laughs> yeah. Tr- trolling one Oh one baby. So if you just see the plaster negotiations, Twitter feed go off, it's like, why are they tweeting Kyle Bush's location? Is this like the Elon jet thing all over again? Yeah. Except for it's whenever I feel bored. So, um, Anyways, Kyle Busch was also up for it. Kind of got a little bit of damage um, in the race. But but the first Mike's Monstar came by way of the truck race last week. And I got to admit to you guys, I have been a big fan of this dude for a while. Your boy, my boy. Matt De Benedetto. Oh my God, you, that didn't turn out so great. Oh hey, there he is, Matty D. <laughs> He's right there, yeah, buddy, Matty D. It's coming up. So he used to race for uh, Wood Brothers, were the biggest team that he raced for. Uh, got two second place finishes. Probably should have had 
uh, Wood Brothers 100th win. But Matty D in the Truck Series got knocked the fuck out twice. Twice. Didn't have a great one, great run at the end of the second one, but with a beat-to-hell truck, made it back up into the top five and then just got Leroy Jenkins into a wall, and that was about that but for this week maddie d my mike's monsters of the week you should have won far superior talent so now that we got our little ditties out of the way and the facts and such and heart shrimps and all that we got three topics for you we got minor league baseball news and um a clown manfred uh we are going to talk about uh, a setup for nascar that probably won't make much sense at first and we're going to wrap it up with the wwe but first benner bring us in on the first topic yeah so i know like when we started this show like the whole focus was to talk about sports outside of the four major leagues one of those four being major league baseball but i saw this story um over the weekend and it's just like it's worth talking about because it just it it goes beyond the four major leagues um and that is so basically what happened is there's this uh minor league baseball player pete bayer he was in the oakland athletic system um back in 2020 um he's 25 years old at the time um obviously COVID hit, shut down the entire sports world. No one was playing. No one knew they were going to have a season. How that affected minor league baseball was basically every single minor league player essentially got fired. They didn't like, they were like, hey, we don't know if minor league baseball is going to exist from here on out. Like, have a nice day. You know, people were flirting with the idea of going to independent leagues and all that stuff, like to try to get play where they could still take a shot at the show. Mm-hmm. Pete Bear, you know, he, he goes home, he's sitting there, oh, I'm not playing, I may never play baseball again. It is what it is. He got fired. He wasn't under contract with a minor league team or a major league team. He was not employed by Major League Baseball in any form or fashion. He chose to place some legal bets on one of the legal game, sports gambling websites that do exist and are a partner of Major League Baseball, he placed some bets on some Major League Baseball games once they started up late in the summer. He has zero effect on the games. Zero, he was not playing for them, had zero affiliation with any of the teams. So vastly different than the Pete Rose situation. Whereas, as you don't know, Pete Rose was a manager of the Cincinnati Reds at the time, and there was no proof if, you know, Pete Rose was you know, fondling with the games or not, or he was just doing what he was doing. And the ball makes the show, baby. I'm sorry, Look, I bet on baseball. Love it. Put Pete in the hall, fuckers. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, anyway, so going back to it, you know, Pete Bayer's, weirdly enough, Pete Rose, Pete Bayer, um, places these bets on, I think it was FanDuel. Um, and then a year later, once 2020, when the 2021 season comes back, minor league baseball is back. He signs a minor league contract with the Cincinnati Reds affiliate. And, you know, he's getting ready for season, going training camp, getting ready for minor league season. Major league baseball front office finds out, Hey, you play some bets. You, you violated the player, um, player ethics or whatever you want to call it about gambling. You are suspended indefinitely for at least two years. This well, year. those are two different time frames. Indefinitely is forever. 
at least two years is very well, finite. It, I say I say two years because they spent him indefinitely. They let him like apply for re um like to be reinst uh, reinstituted reinstated, yeah. reinstated. Thank you last year did not go through. He applied again this year. Ron Manfred sent him a personal letter saying like, "Hey, you're not coming back. We're, like, we're not going to reinstate you again." At this point, Pete is 28 years old. So, unfortunately, at this point, when he's still in minor league baseball at 28 years old, it, the dream's dead, unfortunately. You're probably not going to go anywhere far. Whenever you do get reinstated, you may be in your 30s. No one's going to take a shot on a 30-year-old minor leaguer unless you're some godlike arm or some godlike bat. It's just not going to happen, unfortunately, for Pete. And he recognized this because he went into a great big detail on Twitter about, like, hey, I know I'm probably dumb, but this is bullshit that you're doing this. So I present the question to you guys. Is it ethical for Major League Baseball to say that Pete Bayer can't play baseball because he placed legal bets on a sponsored website of Major League Baseball when he was no longer technically employed by them? Like, where's the ethics behind that? The Big Zo, we'll start with you. Okay, first, I think he would have a chance at the big leagues after 30 because the Pirates are still in existence. Okay. Oh, <laughs> So, and so the he, Marlins, they're going to the trade Marlins, away another All Star. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the 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 Rays might take a chance or something like that. Although they they tend to build up from the ground up, but they're like, hey, why not? But yeah, it, as long as you have teams like the Pirate, the Reds still around. Um, he was already with the Reds when this guy when this happened. <laughs> they might have sent him a text. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. We can wait two years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, I'm thinking the the Rockies. You know, the, so. Aww the diamondbacks well, you so know he, it's true i know but damn it <laughs> he's got a chance but is it ethical i don't think ethical and major league baseball should ever be used in the same sentence um major league baseball tossed ethics out the window uh well probably since its inception but at the very least since knowing that ty cobb was a racist and they didn't give a shit and they he's a hall of famer um knowing that their players were on amphetamines during the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and not giving a shit, um, you know, having having literally drunks out playing ball and no one cared, and and hold and it's not the fact they're drunk; it's holding them up as these models of society, you know. And then in the 90s, not giving a shit about the steroid use until they got caught by the Senate. Not by anybody else. It would nothing would have fucking mattered. They didn't care because they they needed you know asses and seats. The '94 strike was still affecting baseball in 1997, 1998, 19, you know. So they were like, oh, we we need this summer, the 1990, the summer of '98, right? We need this big summer, blah blah blah. And so, baseball and ethics they don't go hand in hand. Rob Manfred. I mean, that guy wouldn't know ethics if I slapped him across the face with it right here, wrote ethics on his fucking forehead. Um, so, no. Is it ethical for them to do this? No, but it's par for the course. I mean, it just... Unfortunately. It's what baseball does. And if this guy's not employed by minor league baseball, even at that time, who cares what he does in his free time? I don't give a shit what he does in his free time. Baseball really shouldn't care, particularly, particularly on a legal baseball betting website. It's not like he was going to some, some, you know, some sleazy bar in, in Jersey somewhere and placing bets with the bookie, you know? Uh, so no, is this ethical? 
let's not use ethics and baseball in the same <laughs> sentence ever again because Major League Baseball, you've tossed ethics out to with window so long ago. You no, it, let's let's not pretend that we're doing the right thing. You're not doing the right thing. Um, if you cared, the Astros wouldn't have their World Series title from 2017. Also, so amen. Mm-hmm. And just to add on to all of the Big Zoe's points, um, Ty Cobb was not only a racist, but he killed an African American bellhop in Cleveland and got away with it. Wow! By the way, great picture there, Benner. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> I do too. I totally forgot to wear my clown Manfred shirt today. That's but funny. That so Ty Cobb killed an African American bellhop. Mm-hmm. Wow. Basically, because he was wow. annoyed that um, a word that you shouldn't use to describe a human being was handling his baggage and kind of got wow. in his way for two seconds. Yeah, stabbed him. And Detroit did what Detroit does best and covered that up. And that was it. And Major League Baseball is like, well, you're a big star and we don't really care. So let's go reserve clause. That's all we care about. So, okay. Did not know that about Ty Cop. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, I, know, I, said you know, he wasn't. Just... I know you're not supposed to speak ill of the dead, but, you know, Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth, um, man, you guys had a track record. Hey, it's like they, it's like they said in a um, uh, field of dreams. We were gonna invite Ty Cobb, but no one could stand the motherfucker. <laughs> well, that's, that's you know, and you know, Stokes, 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 Apotamus Rex Prime the Sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, is it really speaking ill of them if it's just speaking facts? I mean, we're not just that's saying true. I hate a guy. We're saying, hey, this happened. You make that's the determination whether you hate him or not. He was yeah. a racist. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, we're we're educational here, people. We're just educating you on some intricacies of baseball history. So understand that we're listening to this. You make your own decision, but understand he was a racist piece of shit. So. <laughs> yeah. And that's a fact. That's a fact. Ooh, but it was a different time. You still couldn't fucking kill people, dumbasses. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I, I hate for the time was it's never, it's never been right. It's never been right to be racist. So yeah. fuck that. It was a different time. Things were different. Yeah, but people are still fucking people. So fuck you if you're gonna say it's a different time, man. Think things were different back then. You know, the only thing different was that from then to now is that Ty Cobb now would get his ass whooped for doing shit like that. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And Ty Cobb would to whoop his ass because fuck that dude. 6'2", 270, let's go, Ty Cobb. Come out of the grave. Fight me. That's the other show. Damn it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We're rising the dead, motherfucker. That's right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to conjure up your fucking spirit, bitch. Steel <laughs> cage match. Let's fucking go. I'm saying. Just, <laughs> oh, God. Who, who would he come back as, I wonder? It'd be t- the only thing that he would come back as, and... When I say this, it's not to disrespect to, to the other person, but it's the only way I view him. He would come back looking as Tommy Lee Jones because Tommy Lee Jones did that oh. biopic. Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh shit! Like all, like all love the Tommy Lee Jones, but like for some goddamn reason, because like there's no footage of Ty Cobb, he'd probably come back looking as Tommy Lee fucking Jones. Oh. You know, you know, 
to to serve him right, he should come back looking like Dave Chappelle and being like, "Fuck you, there, Ty Cobb. Now, now you're Dave Chappelle. What do you think, bitch? Yeah, but how you gotta do that to Dave Chappelle, man? Oh no, no, Dave Chappelle would would have a blast with this. He'd go to town on his ass. He Why did rip him a new one and use the old one? So why did you come back looking as Dave Chappelle? Because fuck you, that's why. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, holy shit. That that is somewhat poetic in a very bad way, I might add, with the Tyrone Bigham sketch. Oh my god. <laughs> that's just terrible. <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh, I mean, you're literally kind of just make that come to life. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> See how that backfired so quick. Oh no! (laughs) Oh no! Oh god! And and people will think it's an act. That's going to be the worst part about this. Everyone's going to think it's Dave Chappelle, and Dave Chappelle's going to roll like, "No, it ain't me, motherfucker." Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I I apologize profusely for this. (laughs) You do not deserve. You know, you've done nothing to deserve having. Being the reincarnation of Ty Cobb, but I just yeah. think it'd be fucking hilarious if 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 he came back as you. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, overall, back to the point. I raise a beer to Peter Bear. He's been through some shit with fucking bitch ass Manfred. You know, hopefully, maybe we'll see him in some independent league, and he could still find his way into Major League Baseball. All power to him. I think I love that he took this to Twitter and called and just blasted Manfred. And just put him on the spot. Said like, "This is the piece of shit that's running your league." So all love and power to Peter Bear. Peter, yeah. whatever your last name was, go play in the Mexican league. Um, they they probably condone you betting, bro. They they they'd have a blast. Sit down, have some coronas or modelos before the game. Go go hit some dingers. Go drop a few bets on 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 tomorrow night's game and vamanos. Let's go, just, wait. Just just watch out. For, just watch out for Kyle Bush. That's that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really bad thing. Um, I did find a sign in an airport that mentioned the close to fifteen thousand dollar fine that you would incur for trying to bring a fucking gun through a TSA checkpoint. Mm. Gun through a fucking check. How fucking dumb are you? Well, that's not leaving anytime soon. I also told him via Condios and a couple of other uh, sayings that. Uh, uh, the big Zoe and the big Cobra sent me. So uh, that was great. That was a lot of fun. As Cobra put it, it's the start to uh, a long and lasting friendship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, Stotzi, on the topic of NASCAR, they're like, teach us, teach us something about tires, my guy. Yeah. So I didn't say it in the beginning because then you guys would have been like, nope, signing <laughs> off. Why the <laughs> fuck are we talking about tires? Because we fucking need to, kids. All right. So for those of More you, more education for you. More education. Edumacated. Edumacated. So with uh, NASCAR, they went to a new car setup. It was supposed to be cheaper for the owners, basically for parts was the idea originally with the new car setup. Um, but historically, and just basically, let's go ahead. Let me look at my watch here. Uh, it's forever. Have only had. <laughs> one set tire and they're basically racing slicks you know so there's no um there there's no composite no compound to them meaning there's no lines in them meaning that you're basically going on the a very slick surface which means you hit a bump you are going to do something you don't like 
If there is a sprinkle, you are going to fly into the wall pretty easily. So you may be wondering, because uh, again, let me check my watch. Oh, this is the 75th year for NASCAR. Uh, They might've done something about this. Well, they did for one setup on road courses. So a road course in NASCAR is you do right turns, you do left turns. Sometimes you do s curves where it looks like an s you try and go through it you go through bus stop turns in which you kind of go around an area at different angles it's kind of like you go like that 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 and back into it so they for road courses they do have a, a different weather grip tire traditionally um formula one indycar um other racing circuits have these tire compounds as well but in particular for f1 they have in general three different tire compounds one of them being very close to the slicks that you see in nascar just you know for formula one they second they have a medium compound that isn't as that fat or not i shouldn't say it isn't that fast it's not as fast as the slicks but it has more grip than the slicks medium tire compound. Then they have your rain tires. So your harder compounds and such. So what happened and why I'm bringing this up, the truck race in between my boy, Matty D getting just yeeted into walls after having a strong fucking running. Um, what happened during Friday night's truck race was rain. For those of you who are listening online, I used air quotes. There was no rain. There was mist. There was just mist in the area with small little mist droplets. If you don't know what mist is, we're not referring to Stephen King's The Mist that had different endings, uh, depending on whether you read the book or watched the movie. (laughs) But we are talking about actual mist where you walk through it and it's like, there's all these little water droplets on me. NASCAR yellow flagged and red flagged that event. I believe it was three times for mist. This this wasn't even coming up on the radar. And again, they were in Daytona, Florida. Shocker. Guys, we're learning stuff today. So I just want to remind you or maybe teach you it rains in Florida. No shit. Also mists. Mists. The humidity would, you know, cause mist. Yes. So because of the terrifying mist, they stopped the race. And at one point, uh, the race was uh, shortened by mist, although it was heavier mist. You could almost consider it a light sprinkle. Um, They decided to go ahead and end the race. uh, But before that, they tried to go back under yellow. So they basically did, what was it, like five to ten caution laps under yellow. And we're like, nope, we're calling it. So my suggestion is this for NASCAR adopt multiple compound tire units and let the teams choose which ones they have to use all tracks, all car setups, super speedways. Your two there being Daytona and Talladega, your normal ovals, is just about everywhere else short tracks you can think of bristol kind of you can think of phoenix the coliseum 
Uh, yeah, the Coliseum would be one of them. Although that one is more, um, I mean, that that's like a testing pre-season ground. So I think they're going to start next year running a lot more experimental crap there, which is great. I hope they do because we need more experimental stuff like multiple compound tires for fucking teams. It, it, just, it, just, it just makes too much fucking sense to to do that that's which is why it's probably not going to happen i mean for god's sakes i've been to one daytona 500 in my life and what happened fucking rained out like i just when you have the when you have the technology and the capabilities to like still get your cars back on the track during weather i don't see how you don't take advantage of it because of how many i was watched the daytona 500 this past weekend and i'm absolutely shocked there wasn't a rain delay Oh, it was or, so nice. It was beautiful. It was, it was a miracle in heaven because okay. of how many rain delays there have been over the last two years. Like, Jesus Christ, I'm pretty sure there were a lot of fans in those stands that were probably wanting to take the ending of the movie version of the, of the Mist because... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the army. Why didn't you come five seconds sooner? I, I, I don't know. It just makes... Too much goddamn sense to like, oh, we have the capabilities of keeping the race going during weather. Maybe we should invest in that instead of scaring off our fan base even more like we've done over the last seven to ten years. It's so strange because over that same seven to ten year span where there have been these changes, the new car setup, the you can't bring a Confederate flag in because you're a racist piece of shit rule two which and it's your tech hub but then that's the same thing well you're also dead so there you go um but also like why competition and they've also added stage racing they've also added green white checkered so overtime rules so why the fuck wouldn't you bring in compound tires what you chomping at the bits for benner oh nothing i'm not i'm just kind of just playing with a bottle opener oh oh Okay, I thought you were doing like a trailer park boys, bam, or some shit like that. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm being better. Okay, oh, I see it now. Okay, <laughs> but why wouldn't you do this? And I think there's two reasons too. So it's one of those pose a question, and I think pose the reason why it hasn't happened. Um, the main reason, Goodyear. Goodyear has been the official tire supplier for NASCAR forever, and I think it's because they don't want to shell out money for it. I really do. Which is fucking hilarious because when was like have you seen the last time you saw a Goodyear tire commercial? The entire focus on that is weather. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You have a prime market to test your fucking tires. <laughs> like I, I can't make this easier this easier for you, you fuckers. No. No, and I'll, I'm going to be upfront and honest too. There's a saying around like any racing series win on Sunday, sell on Monday. I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that was true back when Richard Petty was racing. I don't believe that was true when Earnhardt was, was racing. If that were true, then everybody would have driven a fucking Dodge. And I mean, everybody, not just Will Ferrell playing a uh, assistant regional manager or whatever in a skit. And everybody would have driven a Chevy. And that's just not the case. It didn't happen that way. But if you want good testing, if you want literally free data for everything over 100 miles per hour, why the hell would you not do this? It's insane to me. It's in. 
insane. I mean, something about data just scares NASCAR. Don't know what to tell you. But if they want to throw those tires on the Hellcat, you know, we'll fucking try it. Oh, <laughs> the Hellcat van, bro. With the with the Scooby Doo paint. Yeah, we'll go racing some thunderstorms. Yeah. <laughs> we we also call it the mystery machine because it's a mystery you could read mystery machine Woo, got him <laughs> oh man and with don't forget carlos queso on the front of the, the machine there Chuck yeah. Chief, so nothing uh, like animatronic rats and talking dogs yeah no one was on drugs in the 70s tell you what nobody at all including anybody in major league baseball so <laughs> not one not one ty Cobb was probably still killing a guy but you know it's it's fine oh we're not gonna let it go i'm like a dog with a bone on this one anyways so that's why i bring up the multiple compound tires argument i the i said there's two reasons the other reason is this I think very convoluted argument nowadays to a point brought up by Benner in that there has been a lot of change lately. So why don't we rip off this Band-Aid too? But um, it, with these tires and the extra cost that would probably come mostly by way of Goodyear, some of the way by NASCAR, you're going to make up for that with better ratings that you can turn into better media rights deals. But I also think that for once on maybe this one topic, these uh, track promoters and such who are nowhere to be found for anything marketing wise related to a track. Let's put that out there too. But I think that they are going back to NASCAR and saying you will alienate all the old fans by using multiple tires, which is complete bullshit. I, yeah, that's, that's crap. I mean, you know, to your point about it would cost Goodyear money. Well, don't the teams buy the tires? Yes. Yeah, but some of the costs you would assume through the sponsorship would come out, right? So you're probably buying them at a discount or something. I mean, for okay, let me ask you this, Mike, and this is probably like just a very vague question because it probably varies per per team. How much money do you think every week a team is spending on tires? On tires? Yeah. Like I know that's such a vague question I'm putting you on the spot But like my point of it is, is like They already spend so much fucking money Every single week buying new tires And probably buying like Four or five sets to take into that race That next race Like you you really don't want to spend extra money On a few extra sets of tires That can help you in weather situations Yeah you would You would think Let's let me and do more, math. more than likely, you know, there's going to be some situations like, oh, we don't have a weather delay. We don't have to buy new weather tires and we can just take it over to the next week. Okay, so we can, let's see, we can kind of assume that um, a, so just looking right now, Goodyear Eagle Dragway Slicks. Uh, let's see, I just want to make sure that they... I believe it's a set of four and not, oh no, sold individually. So $603 for one tire. Yeah. So let me do some other math. All right. So 603 times four. 
Oops, 603, not 609. Yeah, <laughs> 609. <laughs> uh, okay. And then let's assume that they're going to bring in, let's just go high end and say six sets. So you're looking at 14,472 for one team for one race to bring in six sets of tires. We can assume that that would be the high ball average for that. They're, so, they're, they're spending around by like 14 and a half thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you would think that. So, I mean, if and if you reduce that cost from the slicks down, let's say it's even 50 bucks for a tire for like the medium compound and like yeah. even less for um, a road race setup. So you're looking 503 to 603. You're going to save a fair amount of money plus a lot of these car teams are owned by bigger teams so like chase elliott for example he's teammates with three other dudes for hendrick motorsports you buy these things in bulk it should also cost less right so you also you also have the feather layer a major sponsor of the the league itself so you're probably getting a sponsor discount yeah yeah so that I don't know why they haven't done it. And the only thing that makes sense to me is Goodyear and them coming out with the old school. Well, the old school fans will hate it. (laughs) Probably be bringing a lot of old school fans back. Like, oh, you don't have rain delays anymore? Cool. Yeah. Like, oh, good. Look, it's misting out. Oh, wait, they're running? What the fuck is this, you know? And for mist, guess what? All you got to do is go with a medium compound tire. And for any dumbass that's like, I'm going to throw the sticks on in the mist, and they go like 190 into a wall. <laughs> okay, you fucked up, buddy. You fucked up. And if you take anybody with you, simple thing, find them. Find that team for being dumb. It's yep. easy. It's so real it, fucking it begs, simple. It begs the question of whether Rob Manfred is also running NASCAR. These days. It's quite fucking possible. I've got no comment on that on air. Um, as I really do love NASCAR, and I'm going to a couple races this year, and so yeah. Oh man, yeah, the um, last thing you need is um, is AI, you know, looking for you at a race, and they go and kick you out because they identified you through through facial recognition. So yeah, yeah. And if I was in the deep south, you would just hear over the radio. Uh, yeah. So, so we found him. We found the guy that used pronouns over and that would be it. That would be it. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. Get him out of here. Never heard of that before. So from tires to, you could argue the tires of humans being arms and legs. Let's go into a sport that uses a little <laughs> bit of both of those. WWE. You're wondering where that transition was going. That was the, great. The Big Zoe, what you got for the WWE for this week? All right, so this past weekend, and I think I, I probably pissed off the the group, but with my almost play by play for the elimination chamber. But Banner and I were having a good conversation on the side with regards to it. Um, WWE had the chance, had the chance to make a moment, and keep in mind, scripted, so you can make moments. You know, it's not like hey, you know, let's make a moment in pro sports and then your team gets blown out. No, scripted. So I talked about this uh, previously. I, I, don't, I don't know if I was with Andy or, or what, um, but they've, they've had this storyline with Sami Zayn, the bloodline, going on for, what are we at, nine months now? Eight months? It's been, it's been a while. It's 
been, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a minute. Um, a telenovela. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The payoff, though, the payoff, though, was Sammy turning on Roman Reigns when Roman Reigns was essentially overseeing a beatdown of Sammy's real-life best friend. And so he turns on him. The payoff now should have been Sammy Zayn wins the championship. Sammy Zayn is from Montreal. Elimination Chamber was in Montreal. Mm. Sammy Zayn's wife was there. And I believe his son was there. He had friends there. And there were 17,000 fans, of which I imagine there were maybe 14 people who were cheering for Roman Reigns at that point. And that's and, a lot for a WWE event in the States, too. Let's be yeah, up front. Yeah. So, there, I mean, it was it was a good amount, you know. And they it was so set up for them to do. And there's there's precedence for this. Benner remembers the 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 yes movement. Dan, you remember Daniel Bryan when all that crap was happening mm-hmm. in 2000, I believe 15, 16. Um, Daniel Bryan was not slated to win the, the the championship at WrestleMania, but the crowd got so behind him. WWE changed plans, and he ended up winning the championship at WrestleMania. It is what they, they changed plans. So in this case, I thought you know Cody Rhodes is supposed to be Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes is just supposed to win the title. It doesn't matter who it's against. They they fucking dropped the ball. They did not let Sami Zayn beat Roman Reigns this past weekend. And you you saw the air. You heard the air just come out of the arena. And it was, I mean, it wasn't even booze. It was silence like we fucking knew it. I was texting Ben or me like, dude, he's going to lose. He's going to, because they're just, they're just not going to change their mind on this guy. I was praying, praying that he, that they would change their mind and be like, okay, let's put, let's put the belt on him. Let's, let's move forward. And I just read a report yesterday that some higher ups in WWE wanted to do that. And Triple H said, nope, nope, we're going to go with the story. And it's like, Triple H, you fucked up. You fucked up. You did not get the fans what they wanted. So now they're trying to trying to do the story where now Sami Zayn's and Kevin Kevin Owens are gonna fight for the for the for the tag team belt. It's not the same, man. He it's not the same. Uh, I mean, when Cody Rhodes got injured last summer, he tore a pectoral muscle. Sami Zayn picked up the mantra of of the babyface of the company, even though he was aligned with the heels. You knew this was going to come. So people love the Sami Zayn segments. They love them. And so you the payoff was him winning the fucking championship. Not, oh, well, he lost and he got a, a quite a few, you know, close calls. And, oh, you know what? We'll reward you with the tag team championship. No, You know, WWE, no one gives a fuck about the tag team championship. No, no one's chasing the Usos. I mean, hey, let's, let's break that record. No. Should have been Sami Zayn, dropped the ball, and Roman Reigns, I think, we're getting too damn close to three years. It's time to move on. Should have moved on this past weekend, Elimination Chamber. Cody Rhodes could have beaten Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. The story wouldn't have changed. He finished the story, right? Um, but give Sami Zayn a run. They fucked up. They dropped the ball on that. And, they, I mean, I don't get paid to write for them. You know, if I did, I, I think I would have given the fans what they wanted. And and maybe you push back Cody Rhodes's victory to SummerSlam, so you let you let Sammy run with it for five six months, you know. Um, maybe you have the, the the return match at WrestleMania where Roman fights Cody uh, fights Sammy Zayn for the belt back and loses again, and you're like, okay, now Sammy Zayn is a legit champ, holds it for five months or so. SummerSlam comes around, 
Cody beats him, and there's the story. Both stories get, have good endings. The fans are happy about it, and, and Sami Zayn wasn't a one-trick pony who wins at Elimination Chamber and then can't do it again. That's my take. I'm, I'm a little upset with you, WWE, for not going that route. I'm upset reading that higher-ups wanted to go that route, and Triple H and ostensibly Vince McMahon, who really is, doesn't have a lot of input bullshit, that they were like, yeah, no, we're going to leave it on Roman Reigns because he's the big muscle-bound guy. Sami Zayn is perfect to market for this. Benner and I were talking about it. He's marketable as hell. He looks like the average guy. He mm. looks like the average guy. I mean, for him to come out on top for the underdog to win, that would have been legit. Just my take. I, I mean, how come... It... <sighs> I don't understand how the sport got less adaptable. I mean, there's always been like for every match a contingency. Every so, match, if there's an injury or something, there's a contingency for it. Here's and I can, this probably doesn't answer your question. This is how I look at it. Um, and I I'll be honest, with you, I like the Elimination Chamber. Me watches this past weekend. That's like the first time I've actually like watched a WWE event in maybe like ten years. Mm. It's just what it is. Um, I was a big fan of it when I was like in middle school, like early high school and all that stuff. And then certain like cable contracts, like, oh, we're not going to carry that channel anymore. It's like, oh, okay, so I can't watch anymore. I'm just going to grow out of it, basically. What I've kind of learned, you know, of the history of WWE, and I always view it with my college education of sport management, is how can we best market themselves and and just market the 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 face of the organization, whether it was adults or the kids or whatever, they did it with the rock, did it with Hulk Hogan, did it with John Cena, did it with the rock again, did it with the undertaker multiple times. They, they always turn around and say, okay, like we, like we know who the face of our organization is and we are going to mark them as hell and make them the champion. However, the difference is, is majority of the time when I've seen these guys do it, when they have the belt, at most, at most, they are holding onto that belt maybe a year, year and a half. Yeah. Roman Reigns, they have marketed as the champion for going on over three years now. Coming up to three years, yep. And, and nobody likes him. Nobody has ever liked him. Like he's and I and I turned around and I told him like he's a very marketable wrestler. Like he's he's someone that you can easily build a brand around, like whether you like him or not. People didn't like The Rock and they still were able to market him. And or people yeah, didn't he was, he was very disliked for but, but fuck were they able to market him. And so Roman Reigns, you were able to market him, but holy crap, dude, like a storyline that goes on for three years is excessive even for wwe and like that's what you know like like alonzo like you know better than, like when daniel bryan won that title in that whole era like how long was his like reign like was it like five six months uh and no, i don't even think it was that long they i mean and it sucked because they i think people felt you took the belt off him too fast you know what i mean it's uh i mean and again they did it to appease the fans because yeah. the fans were calling for it um and they did. And then they kind of told the fans, okay, thanks fans. Fuck off. Now we're going to put it back on someone else who, who we deem should be your champion. It's like, okay, you know, you're, you're in the business. You're in, you're in entertainment. Okay? Yes. You know, you're, you're in customer service. Cause if you don't sell tickets, you go out of existence. All right. Cause if you can't get people watching on TV, 
you know, nobody wants to, to buy the contract. USA Network, they're not going to want it if, if the ratings are low. You know, mm -hmm. so they'll appease you for a little bit and get you. And, oh, okay, thanks. We did the B-plus player, Daniel Bryan. Now let's move on to someone to Triple H again for the 15th time. Or, you know, let's move on to Batista for, you know, because he's a big, bad movie star again. And I mean, honestly, the fans are like booing the shit out of the, the, the next champions and stuff because that's not what they want. So mm -hmm. some point, and again, I get it. It's it's a business. They think we're going to run it this way because people are going to keep watching. And that's the problem. Keep, people keep watching. People will keep watching. Why? Because we want to see the guy knocked off this perch. I, I'm going to watch WrestleMania. I, I want to see fucking Roman Reigns get just beat by, finally by, by Cody Rhodes. I would have rather have seen... I would have rather have seen uh, uh, Roman and Sammy run it back and Cody hold, wait till SummerSlam and then beat Sammy. I mean, Sammy was an easy, marketable approach, and it was and it was all it was almost exactly the Daniel Bryan market approach again that they would have had again. You just would have had a had it with someone that I don't have to say they almost they almost remind me of the same type of person of character who you can promote and. Mm -hmm. To bring someone in like that and to end like a three-year stint on a character and you can end that marketing campaign finally and you can kind of give something that the fans want for like even three months. The fans are still going to enjoy it for three months. You're going to be selling tickets out of your like every average Monday and Friday or Monday and Tuesday show. Your pay-per-views are probably going to do better. It's easy marketable tools and they're just not taking advantage of it, which is weird because... Roman Reigns going for three years and a marketable approach that Vince McMahon would would like like promote and just anchor down. But when they turn around and say like you know Hector, I think it, is it Hector is his name or is it Henry Triple H? Uh, Hunter. Hunter. Wow, I was off. Um, <laughs> That's the three H. H's. <laughs> no, Hunter. Like they when Hunter turned took that position last day, Hunter can do some very creative things. He wants to do some creative things. He's he hasn't done creative things though, and that's the biggest problem. He, I think he's built more stars, but he really hasn't replaced the top stars. And not that you need to replace them, but you at the very least need to make more upper echelon stars. He's made a lot of mid card stars, people who had no chance under under Vince McMahon. Okay, great. Now why don't we do something about these guys up here? Again, Roman Reigns doesn't need to leave the title picture, but he just, he doesn't need the belt on him all the time. I mean, right now, Brock Lesnar's not chasing the belt, and people still tune in to watch him. Mm. You know, Roman could be that same guy. You tune in to watch him beat the shit out of people rather than, oh, I'm going to defend my belt, and my cousins are going to come and help me again because I can I can never win clean. If you look at all those championship defenses, <laughs> I'd say more than half were not clean victories. You know, it, 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 his cousins came to help him, you know, and, 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 and that's mm. what it was. And so after a while, you're like, okay – You've built them up enough. We're sick of his shenanigans. I mean, it just kind of gets, kind of gets old, kind of gets stale, you know? So. Yeah. And, and you know what I think the WWE should do more is go to these local grassroots wrestling matches and just fucking watch. Mm -hmm. Last summer, was out in Denver for a baseball game that turned into the second best sporting event I saw. The best one was in the parking lot of a brewery. There was actually a wrestling rink set up. They had everything. It was legit. And we just watched Colorado professional wrestle. 
this dude came out his name is boss and i i'm gonna tell a story where i eat crow because when he came out it's like well he's a champ i don't want him to be a champ just for that reason i didn't know the guy yeah by the end of that match the charisma and the way he got the audience involved the way he just fucked with everybody it was awesome i became a boss fan i love (laughs) boss i love boss more than just about any wrestler i've ever seen i you know okay obviously minus stone cold steve austin all right like let's keep it real that's right but i like him better than hulk hogan i'm gonna be honest with you because this dude is a he has like you know you you talk about a five tool player hey this is like a 27 tool wrestler man (laughs) he is awesome and like afterwards, he's coming out. He's talking with the fans. Uh, Phelpsy and me were there, and <laughs> he comes up to us, and you know we're talking, and then you know somebody takes a picture of us, and and afterwards he's like, "Hey man, go ahead and tag me on the Instagram with that." My nice. Name. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. And what the hell, hell did he yeah. say? And he said, "My name is Marlon Wayne's because I'm black, you know, <laughs> like Batman." And then just runs away. It's like, I I love this man. I, I need this dude to be in WWE so I could get back into it. So Vince That's McMahon, awesome, Triple H, look at these small rink events, man. Like I'll, I'll throw out another example just because it'll be the NAS, next NASCAR race I go to. And for some reason, Kyle Busch may be tagged there, and uh, so will the Federales. But, that's, <laughs> you know. um, but out in Phoenix, Arizona, It's close enough to the border, okay? All border jokes aside, that's close. You do a grab-and-go. Throw me into the number eight machine for RCR. I can pretend to be a dick for a little bit and go fast and wreck out on lap three. But There you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Race hail, praise Dale, baby. Woo! But um, before that race last year, the coolest, like, pre-race event that I've seen outside of many of the ones that were at Daytona and some that still are like the Thunderbirds was Mm -hmm. fucking luchador wrestling. All right. Like go to those events, find some of those dudes. Like when you're still relying on people like Ric Flair and his daughter, who let's be honest, aside from the creepos who watch Charlotte Flair because she's hot. The other side of it is they're watching for the memory of Ric Flair, yeah, right? Absolutely. Or you're bringing back Stone Cold Steve Austin again, paying him Bokuda dollars. The Rock, John Cena, any of these dudes that you just keep bringing back so people will tune in just to see them, that's a huge issue, and that's not going to last forever. Find these charismatic superstars and let them do what they do boss in the colorado professional wrestling like tour i don't remember the name of it boss could be that next dude he could he is that guy but you guys just aren't finding him because you're going to your academies where you train these guys and the fans know this it's almost cookie cutter a lot of the champions right no they are definitely definitely they are and and you know i I, you mentioned something um i i want to go to Rest, uh, you know you, how you're bringing people back all the time and you're reviving all, all this crap yeah you know so last last year wrestlemania uh stone cold fought kevin owens 
um, Kevin Owens looked really good. He and he made Stone Cold look because Stone Cold's up there. You know, he he, he no. cannot keep up anymore. But yeah, you know, it was it was a cool brawl. Same WrestleMania though. Sami Zayn fought Johnny Knoxville. Huh? Imagine the story this year if Sami had be, had beaten Roman's Elimination Chamber and then they they run it back at WrestleMania. It it writes itself from Johnny Knoxville to Roman Reigns in one year. That's uh, you know what I mean. It writes itself, and then having Johnny Knoxville sit in in the crowd cheering for Sammy, it uh, writes yeah. itself. It writes itself. It's almost weird that I have to say this, but I kind of have to tell WWE like if you want to learn how to promote and market, you actually might want to take a glimpse at one of your biggest competitors, and that's UFC. Like. Yeah. Tell me again why every single year I get hyped for the John Jones fight before he gets suspended on steroids. Or yeah, John Jones is the fucking man. Or Conor McGregor coming back to break another foot. Like, I still get excited for these fights. But it's strictly based on how Dana White and USC markets and promotes. Like, to this day, like, and completely off topic, but to this day, um, one of the most biggest case studies in sports marketing is how the Mayweather McGregor fight was was a a badass promotion like I know that's not UFC but like there was a like the face of the UFC was in that shit but like it's an absolute case study of how you want to promote fighting sports and for WWE to stay on the same course like yo they were just able to promote a dude that doesn't throw a punch and a dude that doesn't box, and they probably made more money than boxing ever will again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Floyd Mayweather is painted inside of Conor McGregor's house, allegedly. Yeah. Like, there's a wall of Floyd Mayweather in there. Yeah. He's wow. got a, he's got a mural. He that much money. There in his gym because it's like he posted a picture and I see it. There's a mural of that fight over his home gym. Yeah, I know, that's amazing. Yeah, like to this day, they are still promoting that fight. Yeah, because they're making a shit ton off of royalties too, more than a lot of uh, fighters are getting paid for regular UFC fights or even championship fights. Mm-hmm. But and to come back to your point of like kind of your tops and medium type stars, I, you got to argue that the UFC doesn't have really any up and comers that are marketable. They have a lot of great fighters. But can you name somebody that wasn't a superstar five, ten years ago? If you don't watch the sport, who's who's the? I'm drawing. I'm bad with USC fighters. Like I love watching the See? sport, but I'm bad bad with names. Who's the kid coming out of England, Patty? Uh, with I that, I have no. I, I, think, I, think that, I think that goes to Stokes's point. It's like uh, they're not marketing them well because yeah. you don't know who they are. Yeah, whereas the uh, WWE has this middle ground, you have a lot of potential for a great star. So you got to take a little from both sides with the promotions and stuff, right? Like what made John Jones so marketable other than steroids and such? Allegedly, I'm a John Jones fan, so it's always going to be allegedly. With hey, me. I respect John Jones, but like my, my overall point is just like, even if I only watching like four or five times a year ufc is still able like to market in a way like yeah i kind of want to tune in for that fight whereas like the only reason i knew elimination chamber was happening this past saturday night is because big zo texted me yeah 
that's how I know when wrestling is on, my phone just goes wild. <laughs> I will stop doing that. I apologize. No, it's fine. He's got. I, I he's feel got, up to date. He's got me now. He's got a new victim. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just text Benner all night. Yeah, hey, you and McChesney. Yeah, we I have mean, McChesney was into it too. I like. He was. Him. That's what I'm talking about, bro. He's into NASCAR now too, but that's oh, a yeah, different yeah. story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's a different story for a different day. But uh, anyways, WWE, get your shit together. That's the name of this segment. Actually, that's the name of today. Major Baseball, get your shit together. That's right. NASCAR and Goodyear, get your shit together. WWE, get your shit together. Ty Cobb, go to hell. That's Probably right. already well, Here he is. So Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. All right, let's go ahead and bring this one to our last segment. The George Santos moments of absolute truth. Uh, and I actually got one this week that I didn't just think of beforehand because it actually happened at IRL, which is fun. Um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and start. I'm just so excited. At the Daytona 500, and I want a response from both of you on this because it, it did this actually happen or did this George Santos happen? Um, a woman on the, or a group of women, I should say, on the in house feed at the daytona 500 once they were put on camera a giant white dildo was shoved into the screen for about two seconds <laughs> did it happen or did it oh not it happened that's oh it, shit oh. In, on the in the in track that happened that happened it absolutely happened it oh. happened for two seconds everybody tried to tell us it was a hot dog it wasn't no hot well it was a dog but it wasn't no hot dog hey yo it was so great because the reporter let it in. She's like, oh, they're here on a reunion. How do you, why do you guys keep coming and what keeps you coming back? And then giant white dildo. It was huge. Oh my God. It was floppy even. And you just see the camera guy have his, oh shit. And just try and literally pan towards anything else in the shot. And I guess the reporter didn't see that. Oh, we're cutting away. Maybe I should not do this interview because they're obviously planting this, but yeah. Um, that one is actually 100% real true. Benner, what you got for the George Santos moments of absolute truth for this week? I got something that is real truth as well. Oh, that's not the game. I, I was trying yeah, to have fun with this segment, but that's okay. But, but I guess I'm spinning it a little bit. Okay. Paxton Lynch is a <laughs> is a legendary quarterback. Legendary, up. Huh? <laughs> he is legendary and will go down in the in the books of football as a legendary quarterback. But it's not because he was good. It's nope. because it's because he is the only quarterback to be benched by the NFL, the <laughs> CFL, the USFL, and as of this past weekend, the XFL. I watched that game. He did. <laughs> oh my god! He got benched in the second half because he was a bitch. Wow! Paxton Lynch is a goddamn legend for absolutely sucking at the position. Of quarterback, and he's going to be going. I swear, he will go down as one of the worst draft picks in the history of this league, of any football league. Yeah, when Wade Phillips is like, oh, I shouldn't have picked him at quarterback. You know, it's bad. Uh, I hope Wade Phillips didn't make that pick. That motherfucker shouldn't have been anywhere near that fucking draft board. 
didn't Pax, didn't the Broncos trade up back into the first round to get him? No, we, we didn't trade up. We just he just was he, there. No, Dallas tried to trade up. Oh, Dallas tried to trade, yeah, to to draft him. I'm pretty sure the Broncos later were like, "Man, we should have made that trade." Yeah. Now, John, Thank John, God we got Russell Wilson now. John, oh. ah, shut the fuck up. Uh, no, John Elway was there, like <laughs> Paxton Lynch, six foot seven quarterback. It doesn't matter that he had three mediocrity years at Memphis. You know, it, it, that last year was above average, sir. He should have just, just looked at to Mark McGuire's brother, Dan McGuire, and see that six foot seven quarterbacks don't work out in the NFL. Or, or freaking Brock Heward. I would have taken Dan McGuire over Paxton Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> There's some hurt in them eyes. A San Diego State legend, Dan. Don't even look through that shit. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> John Elway's just behind you, like, watch it, keep him open. He's six foot seven. <laughs> oh man, he drives a Dodge Stratus. No, he manages ten Stratus, people. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, and, and also, like, fun fact. Another fun fact for you guys: the one of the reasons why Paxton Lynch kept sucking in the NFL is. He never. He well, he sucked. He like athletically, he was fucking trash. But he could never. He could never grasp the playbook or understand any of the like calls or any of the changes. And the reason why is because anytime he was supposed to be watching film, he was playing Madden. <laughs> he was trying to learn the playbook through Madden, bro. Yeah, basically. He was Kyler Murray, Murray before Kyler Murray. That's great. So Kyler, so Kyler Murray, smart. He turns film on. <laughs> It's it's on his third screen, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, it's on his phone. Funny. Yeah, he's got Netflix on the tablet, and he's got Call of Duty on the big screen. So, so. Uh, uh, fuck you, Paxton Lynch. I yeah. hope you just stay away from football. Yeah, and I will be doing commentary on the XFL because it's not the NFL. Oh hell yeah! Happy about that. All right, the big Zoe. What is your George Santos moment of absolute truth? And don't All tell right. us ahead of time if it's. No, I'm not. I'm not. Good truth so, or bad? We'll um, uh, try and guess. He's he's going to be telling his kids about uh, the Super Bowl. I mean, his his grandkids about the Super Bowl in 30 years or so. Uh, um, Melvin Gordon went from the Broncos to the Chiefs. <laughs> And he's going to be telling his kids, you know, he had four carries for 13 yards in the Super Bowl. And he should have scored a touchdown, but he was tripped up, um, you know, and, and, but the Chiefs ended up winning. So that, cause they're going to ask grandpa, grandpa, where'd you get this Super Bowl ring with the Chargers? No. What about with the Broncos? No, they, they actually waved me. They cut me. Who'd you get it with? Well, the Chiefs picked me up because they, they, they understood they needed a good running back. I had a rough day in Super Bowl, four carries, 13 yards, and oh, we won, though. We won. I, I earned my ring. Truth or not? Not fucking true, because that motherfucker didn't get one goddamn carry. Because he didn't fucking shoot up, you son of a bitch! <laughs> okay. I'll go with the George Santos truth. <laughs> it's, a, it's a George Santos truth. Motherfuckers on the practice squad didn't get a didn't get a regular season carry, playoff carry, or Super Bowl carry for, for the Chiefs, and he's gonna he's gonna be wearing a ring. So he's as much a Super Bowl champion as George Santos is a congressman. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and Bitter's about to cry because because Melvin Gordon has a ring. <laughs> Man, what's even fucking 
more dumb about this is the man went on Broncos Twitter and bragged like, look what I got. <laughs> and, I'm oh. pretty, and I'm pretty sure every single Broncos fan's like, I will fight you. <laughs> It, it, it's, oh the, it's the it's the gift. All, all he has to do is bring donuts you know, to to the reporters the way Santos does and walk away. So. I, I, I bake these for you guys. <laughs> I have a Super Bowl ring. Oh, that's great. God, I saw an interview with him this weekend. It went about as well as you would think. George this Santos is, or Melvin Gordon? Uh, Santos. Maybe <laughs> Melvin Gordon was his PR guy. I, I don't know. It's unconfirmed. <laughs> I'll start that rumor here. Why not? Um, <laughs> we, we're just watching him. And, you know, the lady's asking him, like, these toss-up questions. Or he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I gave about $5 million to all of the churches in Manhattan. And then um, a little bit later, she's like, hey, so uh, did you graduate from high school? Oh, we're not doing that one here. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, do, do you have a high school education at all? I mean, come on. That's a pretty easy question. I'm, it's not like I'm trying to press you for it. Oh, well, you know, I got to go right now, but we going to answer that one at another time. <laughs> so, so let me get this straight between those two questions. You thought it was easier to answer that I donate millions of dollars to random charities compared to I have a high school diploma or a GED. Like the, the first the, response is that yes. Yeah, like, fuck those. The, the, like this is the choice that you make. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess it's not marketable to be educated, even well, to a GED high school level. Well, of course, he's in Congress. No, they, the word education's not in that fucking place. <laughs> and he's a rep from New York. I mean, what does that say about his constituents? No offense, constituents, but what the fuck were you thinking? That's wow. What is it that he told Mitt Romney a couple weeks back? I don't know. I just know Mitt Romney was just like, you don't fucking belong here. And he's in just George Santos went on some weird rant and was like, he should probably get in line before he attacks someone or something like well, that. Well, didn't he say something like, you know, the 140,000 people who voted for me sure think so or some bullshit. <laughs> like, you, you know, they voted for you because you fucking lied. I didn't lie. I was the House of Representatives Speaker of the House. <laughs> you know, New York, New York now has the I don't know if you want to call it the hey, it's it's not a good thing. <laughs> and AOC from the, I mean, wow, they sure know how to pick them. Just all over the place, man. <laughs> but I liked how you said that, though. You know, it's about New York, so it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. Oh was perfect. man. It only gets it only gets worse when you go down the highway to New Jersey. <laughs> oh, God. That's why I won't go down the highway to New Jersey. <laughs> just you, you got to go for a slice. Just wear the Kevlar, enjoy the grease, and get the fuck out of there. You I, have I can, to. You have to. I, I can just stand like, by. I can say I've stepped foot there. That that's right. Yeah. In the I airport, could... or yeah, yeah. I'm... I I I I have one experience in New York. Um, we had to we had to stay the night because our our plane left us. <laughs> so that's the way we started. By the next day, it's like I hate this place. 
got the hell out of there as soon as we could. So. Listen, man, I have stayed in New Jersey way too much over the last two years. Every single night, it's get to the hotel, shower, go to bed, and hope when you wake up for that 6 a.m. flight that your rental car is still in the parking lot. <laughs> hey, that sounds about as cool as Albuquerque. So, <laughs> Yeah, except for at least in New Jersey, they had the Sopranos. Well, I guess Albuquerque yeah. had Breaking Bad. Oh, that should be a segment. Newark, New Jersey versus Albuquerque, New Mexico. Ooh, ooh! Uh, Real plot. Tw- hey, quick, quick plot twist on that one. I don't want to do. I don't want to do, do that. I don't theoretical. I don't want to do. George that. Santos moment of absolute truth of the week. We're doing that. Like, I'm not going anywhere near that fucking segment. I'm not even diving into that. But I read this the other day. Um, did you guys ever realize that High School Musical, which takes place in Albuquerque, New Mexico, came out at the same time as Breaking Bad? No. So, so like, like apparently, like in some form or fashion, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, you got a dancing Disney high school, and then you got Walter Blue Crystal White. Me- Walter White. <laughs> and somehow these two, no, it's it's all the same. Universe. They could have intermingled. <laughs> that's why they're always dancing. They're fucking high as shit, bro. That's a Saturday Night Live sketch. It's gotta be. Oh, jeez. Just when Walter White was still teaching high school, could you? Walter White was a teacher at East Middle and he's high school school musical. He was their chemistry. Stick to the status quo. I have cancer and I sell meth. That's my status quo, bitch. Uh, he comes in all of them are singing something it's like we're young hot and underpaid by a mouse and then he's just up there he writes mr cranston and he turns around he says say my name and then they say walter white you're damn right and then you just hear aaron paul in the background like hey yo heisenberg what up bitch I, don't know. I think that would be a great Saturday Night Live. Stage. Hell yes, it would. It probably would save Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, it might. It yeah. might. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think all those jokes have gotten old, like four years ago. <laughs> yeah, just a year before Roman Reigns took over the belt. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see which storyline ends first. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be great. But before then, hopefully we'll be back next week. I don't think it's Valentine's Day week, so yeah, we're good. In a couple of weeks, we will be off again, but that's a different story for a different time. Next week, we will see. Uh, I'm going to spring training, man. I we're not doing shows that week. I'm not. I'm no, that, that's not what I'm, I'm. That's not what I got big eyed for. What'd you get big so, eyed for? Solo Benner episode. Oh, yeah, you want your multiple personalities to come out for an episode. Yeah, we're going to do that that week. I forgot we agreed to that. I, I must have been on plaster negotiations drinking or some shit. But before we get to Benner's multiple personality disorders, party on, Benner. Party on the big Zoe. Party on, Party on, Benner. Party on, boys. And with that, Let's sing you out. Sports, Sports on Broad, Broad Street. Street. Party time. Party time. It's a lame. Party on this week.